time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Folks, today on the Hot Topic segment of the Lickin' On Lending podcast, we're honored to have Marina Walsh, Vice President of Industry Analysis Research and economics. That's a lot. In other words, in all that, she's really smart, very good observer of what's going on. She's with the Mortgage Bankers Association. And Marina, it is such an honor to have you here. So excited. So excited. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, so timely, especially following up with the Mike Awesome Pratt and Tony. And you're talking about economics. <laughs> and I love Mike. He's just so he just he made, he's just such a perfect contrast to my personality because I'm always up there and out there a little bit and he is just so just so calm. Yeah, interest rates. He could be saying interest rates be climbing to thirteen percent and you know, he would he would just say the same content if interest rates are dropping down to zero. I mean he's just the same, most consistent the way he lays it out. I love it. But we talked last week and I kinda wanna have this start out as a continuance of our talk with Mike. But before we even go there, for those who I can't imagine, people don't know who you are because you're so instrumental there and what you do at the NBA, I want our audience to get to know you a bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you, what your, what's your career path? Sure. Thanks for having me. And I'm Vice President of Industry Analysis at MBA. I'm actually an MBA veteran on my 19th year, almost wow, 20th year you. with Mortgage Bankers Association, always in wow. research and economics, always looking at tracking profitability. A lot of the stuff that Andy tracks, I track as well. But my role has definitely changed over the years. When I had little ones, I was working part-time for MBA, but now I'm full-time. When I started at MBA, my little girl was three months old, and now she uh, is a sophomore in college. So lots wow, happened yeah. during this time. But going back to my <laughs> career path, I was actually with Ernst & Young in their Federal Credit Advisory Services okay. Group, and we had some contracts with Ginny May, worked very closely with HUD. And that's how I sort of got my foot into mortgage banking was when I was with Ernst & Young in the 1990s. And from there, one of the managers I work with moved over to Mortgage Bankers Association, and soon thereafter, I followed her. So that's my story. During these, you know, 19 years, I've worked for three chief economists, and uh, Doug Duncan, yes. who many people are oh, yes. familiar Ooh. with, yeah, Doug, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Jay Brinkman, who's down in Texas in your neck of the woods, yes. and Mike Fratton. He's Tony. a part of our age. Jay is uh, part of our Ainsworth Advisory Company, so we're thrilled to have right. him there working with us. And very fortunate to have some great, oh. uh, working for some great leaders in the industry. And, and, and Mike is so good. I just love Mike. But the sense of humor, I mean, I get copied on some of the emails before between Doug and Jay, and their dry sense of humor is so funny. Jay had me in stitches the other day when we were talking about something. I can't, I can't, I'm only trying to mix it in, but it was so hilarious. Classic break. But anyway, uh, love what Mike's done in, in following up on the big shoes he's had to fill. And I'm uh, so glad that the NBA has you there, Marina, because you do such a good job. And you really help 
us see the industry. We get excited more up and down about the industry, but you bring us exactly what's going on because of your research and the analysis that goes into it. So let's get into, let's start there, especially knowing mm-hmm. that you and Mike are going to be presenting here and just, a, it feels like a week out, it's actually two weeks from today, I think you're actually presenting in New Orleans at the IMB conference. If you're not registered, folks, get out and get registered for this. If for no reason, just because of this one part of the presentation, there's many good things. We're doing a panel on Wednesday. I'll be on a panel on Wednesday. We're doing a breakout, give it a shout out. Myself, along with Eddie Perez and Allison Johnston and Brenda Clem and myself, we're doing a presentation on sustaining growth through market cycles. So anyway, a lot of good content, but let's talk about what you and Mike are talking about. And he alluded to this in his interview last week. What about the cost to originate? Which direction is it going? Well, I tell you, it's it's so nice to be presenting now as opposed to a year ago because we have some great positive news to give everybody in the industry. You know, 2019 started out abysmally. For those that were around Mm -hmm. in the first quarter of 2019, that was one of the worst years for us profitability-wise. We were at a losses, I think, you know, when we surveyed 350 mortgage lenders, losses of 11 basis points. And these are all independent mortgage banks that have to be making money. And now we're at 74 basis points based on third quarter. We don't have fourth quarter data yet. Profitability. So, yeah. So, So that's profitability. Now, you asked specifically about costs. Cost is a big driver of that. You know, the question is how much is related to revenues and how much is related to cost. Most of that improvement is related to the cost to originate, of course, driven Mm -hmm. by fixed costs divided by more loans, but... What I think is very significant is the the just the degree of the loss. We've never seen such a big quarterly uh, or the degree of the change. If you look at the first quarter, we were averaging for the you know nation ninety three hundred dollars per loan wow. in origination. Got it that high. Yeah, ninety three hundred, wow. and now we're at seventy two hundred. So big Mm. drop-off, big drop-off, particularly between the first and second quarters of 2019. So my thinking is, of course, volume always plays a role in the cost to originate. Right. My question is, are all these technology investments coming to play? You know, it's hard to see the ROI in technology investment when you're in a depressed market, when there's no volume (laughs) coming in. But it does say something. It's actually encouraging that in just one quarter, we saw a $1,500 per loan drop. And then the next quarter, from the second quarter to third quarter, we saw another $500 per loan drop. So that's that's encouraging, especially wow. at a time when loan balances keep going up. So, you know, we're paying our loan officers in basis points. So a, a big chunk of that goes to sales. But there's some efficiencies yeah. being garnered, which is encouraging. That is really encouraging and significant. Uh, you know, the old saying, rising tides floats a lot of boats, and no question we've had that. But really interested in getting your perspective on your thoughts because you do a lot of look, you look a lot at technology. Alan talked a little about Blend now releasing a new app that further helps hopefully bring about some efficiencies. There's, we have Finastra out there doing, was one of our sponsors, mm-hmm. does a lot. What are you hearing is a contributing factor on this? 
Yeah, well, in some of our other data from other sources, we go more into depth into tech costs. And among depositories, mm-hmm. the average is, is up around $1,000 a loan. For independent okay. mortgage companies, it's around $400 per loan. That, now, that okay. doesn't necessarily mean that depositories are investing in technology and they're going to be more cutting edge than IMBs. It's also a function of the fact that a lot of these depositories have legacy systems. They have systems that need to talk to their core retail banking system. So it could be more complicated. But whether you look at depositories or IMBs, the cost to originate um, for technology is rising. And so the goal would be to see improvement in terms of productivity, in terms of retail loans closed right. per loan officer, loans closed per non-producing FT, which would include your fulfillment functions and your non-producing sales staff, apps per underwriter we'd expect to see improvement. That, that has not come through in the data, but I can't wait to get a hold of the full 2019 no. data this spring. <laughs> and by the way, for all of you out there, if you aren't participating in our benchmarking studies, this is the yes. time because uh, we'll time. have I'm, – I'm data rich in uh, May and June from uh, all of our studies that take place during the spring. And so I'll feel a lot better presenting uh, in, in uh, May and June. But in general, you know, a good portion within independent mortgage companies, about 58% of those costs are going to sales. You asked specifically about technology. Technology counts for about 5% of the total cost to originate, Mm, and then fulfillment's about 23%, and the rest is uh, corporate and production support functions. Okay, I'm going to get around to our regulars. Uh, We'll start with Allison. We're on the topic of technology. Then I get to Allison. Andy, Andy, we're not leaving you at the last. It's just because I know you've got so many questions you're going to ask uh, ask our guest here in just a bit. Oh, Andy, you know. Doctor, doctor, doctor now. So anyway, yeah, let's start with you, Alan. Technology, any questions you have for Marina? Yeah, number one, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're data rich. I think that is super exciting. Um, I think a lot of folks are actually looking at the back-end process, right? When you talk about technologies only accounted for about 5% or whatever that number was, it's probably more or it hasn't been reported well enough. Um, I think lenders are still learning how technology impacts their organization. Mm-hmm. But overall, we I think it's safe to say we as an industry are really focused on how to move technology and the workflow process much faster, right? Um, for example, when you're looking at an underwriter, how many loans can an underwriter look at per day compared to when it was all manual? How do we automate the things an, uh, an underwriter has to look at? And how do we help identify risks up front? When you start looking at all those things, that, and we've been talking about it for so long, when we actually start doing it and we can measure it, I think your numbers will shift a little bit. So I think that's positive. But I was just curious if those are some of the things that you've been looking at. Absolutely. In fact, I talked about productivity, but another metric that we look at in terms of efficiency is number of days from application to closing. And for that, um, for that metric, we have seen improvement from 2016 to 2019. Um, For refis, the average has gone from over 53 days down to 45 days. Um, For purchases, it's gone from 49 days down to 44 days. So in terms of days from app to close, we are seeing that improvement. You know, I don't know to what extent we can link it 
all to technology, but that's certainly a factor. It's really good. That's really interesting. Great statistics. Folks, you can download this and go get those, so just keep right on listening. And, uh, but fascinating information. Alice, interesting. Andy was stepping over into your territory. Your, what thoughts do you have as we talk to her about some of this? So, Marina, I, I find it interesting about, you know, that big change in 2019, and maybe you addressed it and I didn't quite pick up on it, but how much of that is really just equated because it was refinances, and so the volume just came to people, right? You didn't have to mm-hmm. necessarily go out and get it and drive more business. You, you know, you've just got the benefit of the bump in the market. Yeah. Um, so as you, we look ahead to 2020, you know, people are going to have to work hard now to get that business to come in the door. And, you know, kind of a second part of, do you expect that this is going to change in 2020 because mm-hmm. we, you know, as of now, can't foresee a bump? Yeah, so in terms of your first point, yes. I mean, every time we see any type of significant decline in cost to originate, it's driven by volume. But I guess my point is, since we've been doing this study in 2008 to the present, we haven't seen that much of a drop in origination costs in one quarter, even though we've had spikes along the way. We definitely had spikes in 2012, the second half of 2016, the second half of 2015. And so that's, I guess, what I'm focused on is, you're right, volume trumps everything, but are there other factors at play? Now, looking forward to 2020 and what we're seeing, I think the first half of the year, and Michael probably alluded to this last week, but the first half, there was enough um, capacity constraints in, in the second half of 2019 that I think a lot of volume is bleeding into 2020. Um, I don't know, for those of you who follow our weekly application survey, we had pretty strong results last week, particularly among purchase. So purchase in every quarter is going to be better than what it was in 2019. If you look at our forecast for Q1, 2, 3, 4, and 2020, it's better than 2019. Um, The difference is refinances are going to be higher on a quarter-over-quarter basis for the first and second quarters of 2020, but then they're really going to start dropping off because interest rates have kind of leveled off and the forecast is for pretty flat interest rates. So we would assume that, you know, by the second half of the year, a lot of the folks who are going to refinance have refinanced. So it gets tougher um, in the third and fourth quarters with our overall quarterly volume lagging in 2020, what we saw in 2019 because of the drop in refis. Yeah. So it really is, again, the focus. We keep talking about going back to basics and going back to the purchase market. That's what we're going to have to see. So inventories, what we talked about, new home sales. So hopefully the supply issue won't be, you know, hurting things too much in terms of purchase origination. So we still have purchase originations going up over the next three years, actually. Good stuff. Really interesting. Alice, anything more? No, that was great. I uh, I think, it, you know, it helps just to frame it for everyone because that's what we're anticipating. When you look at the numbers that uh, in that forecast, that's what everyone's kind of bracing for. So mm-hmm. you anticipate your marketing costs will go up and some other costs will go up, which will change that bottom line. Yeah, yeah. and it could really potentially change again, talking about concessions. You know, you only need one lender out there. And so we, yep. we could see some pressures on the um, revenue side of, of the equation, too, in the second half of the year. 
One of the things that Mike alluded to when we talked to you is the competitive nature. As the market gets more competitive, because volumes could, in theory, ebb off a bit because of uh, uh, refinances not being as abundant, was it's going to become more competitive and those that have lower mm-hmm. costs, why, by whatever means, by efficiencies, technology, or whatever, are going to have a decided advantage. And I think mm-hmm. that's significant. Andy, Shell, no one better to talk about efficiencies and uh, or at least the cost side of it than you. I got to tell you, when I talked to Marina at one of the recent conferences, when she started talking about data, it was like watching some a, a kid get excited about Christmas. She was talking about the new data being released. She just got the biggest smile and just got so animated. It was so fun to watch her. Anyway, uh, Andy, you know her well. So I do, I do. Hi, Marina. Great to have hey, you on Lickin' and Lending. So I'm going to do my best to not do the total geek out because <laughs> Marina and I totally could totally could go there and we would be unintelligible. Because I really would like to talk about intangible revenue, but we're not even going to go there. So I think that I have two key questions, but I'm going to start with the kind of the bigger picture question. And, and that is, you know, when we start talking about expenses, we start talking about value drivers, we start talking about relationships among revenue and cost and value drivers like volume or staff counts. And you got just on the show, you've already mentioned a number of really important elements. Yeah. How do you how do you condense it and consolidate it and turn it into a cartoon presentation more or less so that anybody can understand? So, uh, you know, the top producing originator who now owns their own company, no experience in finance, no background in accounting. How do you take all this amazing gut, nuggets of gold and show it to them in a way that they see what it is that you're saying? Yeah. Well, pictures definitely mm-hmm. help. It's easier to show pictures uh, than than a radio show because uh, people understand uh, bars going up over time. And so yes. if the cost originally you see those bars going up, that certainly helps. But what we try to do, for instance, is we sh- try to show cost to originate versus volume. We have one chart for that and showing volume and where the volume is heading or where the originations are heading versus the cost to originate or profitability. So lots of pie charts, you know, try to break it down into little pieces. And I've learned over time it's better not to make the charts too complicated with, you know, four different variables on the chart because then folks get a little confusing. But, you know, we're trying to lead the witness, too, with variables that make sense. For instance, loan balances that are going up. We're at a study high in terms of average loan balance at about $276,000. So showing that over time versus cost to originate is important, too, because we focus so much on processing, underwriting, and closing, and sales is a big part of it. As long as loan officers are being paid in basis points based on the loan amount, that really makes a big difference in terms of where the overall cost to originate is. So we try to do that. And one thing we're trying to do, too, is more segmentation, looking mm. at different groups, because an IMB is not the same as a mid-sized bank or a credit union or community bank or a large bank. You know, MBA represents so many different segments of the industry. So it's important to present data that's specific to the segment you're speaking on, um, which is why now we have credit union networking groups and IMB networking groups um, to try to bring the relevant data home to them. 
Um, another big difference that I've noticed is in terms of just geographic location. You know, you compare the Midwest to California, and there's such a huge difference. So what does $7,200 cost to originate really mean when California is at 8000 and then the Midwest is at 6000 So we're trying so to really break down the pieces a little more than we used to do to make it more relevant to those different groups. Sounds awesome, and everybody listening, charts and graphs help. That's funny, Marina. We'll talk about this some other time. My my second PhD is actually in communications using graphical imagery to convey financial Ooh. content. So we'll talk about that yeah. more. Ooh, hey, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you go to the next conference, you see Andy and Marina, uh, Marina over there in the corner. They're just getting giddy on that. They're feeding off each other. So good. We've got to talk about the upcoming servicing conference, and there's oh, so much coming out about, about servicing. Absolutely. I'm so excited. We get so caught up in all this stuff, and it's so good. We've got a ton of questions. And listeners, I'm so sorry. Thank you for writing. I'm sorry we can't get to it all, but we've got to get to servicing, and we will have Marina back. Someone just says, please, but a lot of ease to have her back soon. Uh, great information, great content. A lot of people are responding. But let's talk about the servicing conference. It's coming up. What are the dates, and yes. what are you focusing on? February 23rd to 26th, we have a new name for our servicing conference for Ooh. so many years, decades. It's been called the National Servicing Conference. Kind of yes. boring. So we are renaming it. It's the MBA's Servicing Solutions Conference and Expo Ooh, 2020 nice. in Orlando, yes. February 23rd and 26th. That was a conscious dis- decision to change the conference <laughs> title to better match up with what we're trying to accomplish, which is more interactive sessions, more small groups, sort of yeah. ask the expert sessions focused on very specific needs. Again, segmentation. We're going to have different experts, for instance, representing different parts of the country, California, New York, Florida, and so forth. So we think that that'll really help draw people to the conference. And technology is going to be a big topic of conversation, goodness, with all the cybersecurity issues out there wiring fraud, et cetera. Um, So technology is going to be a big issue. Of course, regulatory is always a big issue. And market updates. So definitely want you all there. Yeah. I can give you a sneak preview if we have time, David. I can give you a sneak preview as to what we're going to be talking about. My colleague, Joel Kahn, and I will be doing a market update. And so we've talked a lot about originations, but what do things look like on the servicing side? Well, for those who follow our press releases, we have some really, really great data out there in terms of delinquencies. You know, we're at a near 25-year low in terms of the delinquency rate, which is great for the cost of service um, dropping off. So that's all good news. We continue to watch FHA delinquencies just because more recent cohorts have a bit of a higher or a lower, rather, credit score and some other risk factors. So we're paying attention to FHA. But again, whether you look at FHA, conventional VA, we're at pre-recession levels, which is, which is great news. Now, the only thing that's not going so well on the servicing side is the fact that we have MSR impairments in 2019 related to the heavy prepayment activity starting in the second quarter and into the third quarter. So on a financial basis, we saw this big hit to net servicing financial income Mm -hmm. for those especially that didn't hedge their servicing rights. But operationally, if you look at 
high loan balances, which help out your service fees, and the expenses dropping off as as folks have gotten through the last, you know, over the last five years have managed to operationalize all the national servicing standards. So we see a drop in direct cost of service associated with just managing all the regulatory changes and also the low delinquency rate. So operationally, we're looking really good. But again, in terms of the valuation of the servicing rates changing, that, you know, was a big uh, financial hit for services financial statements. And one of the questions I have that just came in, I know Andy could talk to this, but I want your perspective on it, and that is, why did it come as such a surprise, and why were people not hedging their servicing? This is something that could have been managed. Any thoughts on that? Uh, it's expensive. Hedging mm-hmm. servicing rights, you, you have to be of a certain level of sophistication, or you have to hire someone from outside your organization to hedge your servicing rights. And, you know, again, I I don't want to get my boss in trouble, Mike Mike Frattentoni, but when you think (laughs) a year, a year and a half ago and what our forecast was in terms of interest rates, (laughs) it's certainly, you know, the the, the spring of 2019 was certainly not what folks thought a year before that or even six to nine months before that. And Mike so, does such a good job of predicting interest rates, and I mean it's an impossible it's job. Hard. It's predicting weather in most parts of the country is. So yeah. I mean, you know, I appreciate the effort and all the work that they go to. They're very conscientious to do it. But yeah, they, I mean that was uh, that was ouch uh, for a lot of people who were looking at that. But there was times to make adjustments along the way, and I think there are some unique challenges for IMBs versus the regulated world. Are you going to be getting into some of that at the conference? Absolutely. Those particular challenges, well, first of all, we all live in the regulated world. IMBs are regulated, yeah, for I sure. Yeah, i got to set right. that straight. Yeah, we've got to do that. Yeah, I'm representing right. MBA yeah. here. But um, definitely at both conferences, whether it's the IMB conference or the servicing conference, but particularly the IMB conference, we have a bunch of sessions dedicated to unique challenges associated with independent mortgage banks. So as we know, on the origination side, independent mortgage banks now, in terms of market share, represent over 50% of purchases, but also over 50% of refinances. And so they've made a big push, particularly in the FHA space, in terms of gaining market share. And they've also taken over a bigger share of servicing altogether, particularly government servicing. And so among some circles, and this is well documented, among some circles, there's, you know, a level of concern, well, will these independent mortgage banks have the liquidity and the capital to withstand a downturn, particularly if they're holding FHA mortgage servicing rights? And so there's going to be some discussions on that. We have folks from the counterparty risk groups at Fannie, Freddie, Jenny coming, speaking about that at the IMB conference. And it's also, MBA is really focused on, well, what solutions are available? You know, the federal home loan bank financing, would that be available to Mm -hmm. IMBs? Can we change the acknowledgement agreement to make warehouse lenders feel better about offering help, you know, financing for the servicing advances and potential Jenny May early buyouts. Again, this is all kind of conjecture. It's in the, you know, stress testing phase, but we're not in a stress situation right now. Again, the uh, the economics are looking very good. Unemployment rate is low. 
But it's something that's on the minds of those, particularly at Ginny May. So we'll be spending a lot of time talking about that. Yeah, Gregory Keith is going to be speaking there. Really interested in mm-hmm. hearing what Greg has to say again on this topic. Jenny May is probably, probably the most concerned about it. Well, they're all concerned. All the GSEs are concerned about it, but a lot going on. Folks, we've run out of time, but Marina, thank you so much for coming in. You're on your day off on a holiday, uh, MLK Day, uh, Martin Luther King uh, Day. Um, see, my parents came to D.C. Uh, in the 1960s, so we definitely uh, want to honor Martin Luther King on this day. So uh, thank you for having me, and thank you, Martin Luther King, too. <laughs> yeah, so grateful for great leaders, amazing leaders, and one of those at the top of our list is uh, especially the person we're honoring today. So happy Martin Luther King Day, and kudos to he and the leadership he brought. More than kudos. That, that sounds so light for what he did and went through and the ultimate sacrifice he, he gave. So, Marina, thank you so much. I love your passion you. for research, Marina. And you're just, <laughs> I just, it's so much fun to find someone who just gets into it so much. And you do. And I'm just so grateful for you and everyone at the NBA for what they do to make us have a healthy, vibrant housing finance system here in America. So thank you to you, Marina, as well as to Marsha and Bob and the whole team for all that they do. Thank you so much. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit the program. Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finaster, the MBA, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, the CMLA, as well as Ainsworth Advisors, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Velma, Midyard, Vendorsurf, and AI Assist. Of course, always thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, and Alan for their contributions. Have a great week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.